1: Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a good football show. I am Joined today, this Tuesday, my Mr. Denny Carter. I'm going to take a spin through the latest NFL news, including the buzz on Travis Etienne, Allen Robinson, the Browns. I t- touch on Zach Kruger's article later on how running quarterbacks affect the backfield. But, Denny, right before we started the show, we couldn't figure out what we wanted to talk about. Producer Wise reminded us this is our final show before Memorial Day. And We've talked. This seems like a topic we've probably already talked about in the past, but I think it'd probably be worth revisiting. It's just that I get the feeling you have a bad opinion on this. So, Denny, is summer good?
1: (laughs) Yes. No, no, no. My my opinion's good on this. Well, I actually really
0: be be a first. There's a first time for everything. I, I wonder what's going on. I should probably check my email and see if there's some emails being sent back and forth between the lawyers and maybe like. Well Denny can't keep his job if he says something today like no, something No no no. S-
1: summer's good now. Now winter's bad. Uh spring is worse. Spring's springs awful. March 1st to June 1st, freeze me. I don't want to experience it anymore. <laughs> it's it's a tease. It's it's terrible. It's rainy and cold the entire time. There's no there's no reprieve. Uh fall's fine. Fall's fine. Uh, but su- yeah, summer summer's great. I I can I can deal with the heat. You know, I I complain as you know and, and as the listeners know. I complain a lot about the cold. Uh, some would say endlessly I complain endlessly, but, but the summer, I don't, I don't usually complain about the heat unless it's really, really oppressive. I like summer.
0: Well, here, here's what we, everyone knows. So extreme heat, bad, extreme cold, bad, but I've never, the, there's no debate between do you prefer if it's really hot or do you prefer if it's really cold to me where like cold is never, ever, ever the answer. No. because When it's cold, when it's hot, you can at least feel your body. Right. You know, like your limbs are fluid. Right. Like you have movement in your hands. It doesn't it's cold. hurt.
1: It doesn't hurt to be alive.
0: Exactly. There's no such thing as, oh, just put on more layers. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to be alive. Exactly. <laughs> like I always said like, yeah, when it's hot, you can at least feel your body. Like your
1: body is fluid. I, I you know, I don't even believe you You get this. If you put this out on Twitter, you would get hundreds of men saying, I love, I love the cold. You know, I live for the cold. I wear I wear cut off T-shirts and shorts <laughs> when it's 20 degrees and sleeting in my Minnesota home hometown.
0: Well, but, so we know the testosterone levels are coursing much higher in the upper Midwest where they have to get used to this sort of thing. And like maybe the higher T levels just take them right through the winter, which possibly, is you know 10 months up there.
1: So two, two, two thoughts occur to me when, when I get those sort of replies. Bro, I love the cold. I live for the cold. You're, first of all, you're not an actual Viking, okay? Like you didn't you didn't come from, you know, like like glaciers. You're not Alexander
0: Skarsgård's son.
1: Exactly. Like like that's not a thing. And, and, and also, maybe you just haven't experienced a nice warm climate. And maybe if you did, you would say, "Oh, this is this is much better." Who who would ever prefer the cold? I hate the cold. Now the warm is good. So I I, I think that there is a, sort of a disconnect there.
0: There is a bit of a disconnect. I want to circle back to something else you said too, where you said spring is just a tease. Yeah. Like it's not even a tease here this year. You know, not to get political anyone, but I've <laughs> kind of noticed the climate changing a bit what? during my lifetime. To whereas like in Missouri, we really like pretty much no longer have spring. Like we said, it's begun to like stay cold and rainy, like much longer than it used to, at least the past few years. Maybe we're in some weird weather pattern. And like the 60s and 70s like have essentially not existed right. in Missouri this year, except for the one blast of 99 degree weather for like an entire <laughs> week. Um, but like we just like leapfrog like the 60s, 70s and really the 80s. And it just go. it's like 58 one morning. And then you wake up the next day and the heat index is 108 and you haven't turned on your air conditioning yet. And so like spring is no longer even a tease here. Spring just does not, does not exist.
1: In, in totally unrelated news, I recently read uh, that climate scientists are saying Guys, this is happening way faster than we ever thought. So could be could be related. And and I've I can't help but notice the same. Look, here we have we have a spring where we go from 50 to 90, and there's nothing like like you said, there's nothing in between. It is it's it's brutal in a way because you're bouncing back and forth. It makes people sick. Like I, I don't know if that there's science to that, but I know that everyone I know is like deeply sick throughout the spring because. I think because the the temperature is dramatically shifting from winter to summer over and over. Yeah, I like to blame my tension headaches on
0: the barometric pressure changes and not when I have two to three beers and then two to three (laughs) coffees
1: and haven't had any water in two days. Well, well, we've talked about this now. If you you have... Two and a half beers, you have to have six and a half Gatorades after.
0: Yeah, it's true. You and I, man, people should have seen us in LA, the amount of (laughs) water we were drinking. Like every one of my... Deceased like forebears, was just like rolling over in their grave. Yeah. Oh, well, time for another water, Denny. not he?
1: Right. Um, right. I mean, I I do I do think that uh, the ghost of my great great grandfather showed up when I actually asked for water in my beer. <laughs> so just, just, just put the water straight in the beer, and we'll just we'll just go. With I
0: still don't know how. Yeah, all my grandparents all lived to be like ninety eight, despite never ever drinking water. Another no. No. And, we and
1: drinking and drinking more alcohol in one day than we drink in three months.
0: My um, this is we'll end the opening segment on this. My brother in law recently asked the doctor, you know, how much water should you really yes. be drinking? Okay. His response was, drink water when you're thirsty. And
1: didn't sound oh. like he really believed in the TB12 method necessarily of having
0: 4,000 ounces of water a day.
1: Because as an adult, I can't no- help but notice the other adults around me are drinking six to eight gallons of water. Uh, every hour, you know, <laughs> it's like,
0: uh, not yet. Yeah, now I know people like just rolling around a giant, uh, jug, keg of water, or like a cart, like everywhere they go. Right, uh, Kind of like, you know, it's kind of almost like a new, like comfort animal tent they're, they're rolling around just a giant keg of water on a cart it, so, like, through the airport. I stopped and I'm like, why, Hey, why do you have a keg, man? Oh uh-huh. no, it's just water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if their house caught on fire, they would save that before their children. I, I really, I kind of think that. Yeah.
0: Uh, we need to get on. We need yes. bigger water mm-hmm. bottles, Denny, you and I. Denny, the Los Angeles Times' is Gary Klein believes Allen Robinson will be a, quote, weapon across the field and especially inside the 20-yard line in the Rams' offense. Robinson's signing got some pub at the time, but attention has turned elsewhere this spring yeah. and almost summer as basically every other NFL receiver has forced to trade and change teams. So we kind of stopped talking about Allen Robinson. You know, we know all about – his disastrous 2021 in Chicago where he was like liking tweets about why does Matt Nagy hate (laughs) Allen Robinson? That's kind of how bad it got, but he is this two years removed, I believe from a a 1250 yard campaign. Sean McVay, he gave the bump to Odell Beckham last year. Are we buying the McVay bump with Allen Robinson in 2022?
1: I, I am. I mean, you know, he's not that old. He's entering his age twenty nine season. Talking mm. about Allen Robinson. Never mind.
0: Next, on to the next player. <laughs> right.
1: We we don't draft anyone uh, older than twenty one years old. You know, he uh, like you said, he's two years removed from from a good season. Um, he's had great seasons. Also, he, last year was like a confluence of disastrous things for for Allen Robinson. His COVID situation was way more dire than we thought at the time. You know, he missed I think a game or two, but he wasn't right for many for months afterward. And he said he lost a lot of weight. He 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 couldn't he couldn't get his 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 breath back when he returned to the field, and he had to sit out practices because he just wasn't feeling well. So you know that that's a huge factor. Also, you can't I can't blame him. I mean, I can't speak for you, but I can't blame him. You know, not really being into the team last year, not 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 being super uh, enthusiastic about Matt Nagy and his offense.
0: So you're saying not even Bears players want to watch the Bears every week on Thursday night football and Monday night football and even occasionally Sunday night football. We have to admit our complicity in this where we put the Bears on Sunday night football.
1: I've only seen the bears on, on NBC.
0: So. We are not blameless for that. <laughs> Come on. We limit it to like two, I think,
1: <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's a damn media
0: market sizes, but yeah, it was literally 1250 yards two years ago. I guess the one thing I'll say with Alan Robinson. So, yeah, I mean, this role has already been pretty profitable yeah. and fantasy profitable and Sean McVay's offense We're like, there was lots of where, like, even like cooler heads have been like, well, yeah, I guess Odell Beckham is done. I guess it wasn't just, this horrible Browns passing attack and this horrible Baker Mayfield. And then he got to LA and was immediately not done. So like there is the proof is kind of in the pudding there. I guess the only thing I'll say about On Robinson is feel like something I've said several times this spring, about other players, is just that he is again, kind of like Deandre Hopkins. He's a guy who's always been really reliant on like physicality um, on the outside. Like he kind of has to like go to war with the opposing corner. And it's a lot of times those guys don't age super well. But it's really hard to take any data point from his 2021 seriously, just because yeah. it was just all such a disaster. I mean, the, the only thing more disastrous than the coaching was the quarterback play. Right. And they just, too, like just a horrible relationship. Like that, that well was poisoned I mean, for months before the season, where the Bears were made yeah. abundantly clear they were not going to be extending him. He was unhappy. And it's just hard to take anything that happened with Allen Robinson seriously in 2021.
1: And, uh, you know, the L.A. Times piece that you referenced talked about uh, Allen Robinson's potential role in the red zone. Uh, it's a, an incredibly valuable role, potentially, because you have the Rams being among the past heaviest teams inside the 20 and inside the 10. Last year, Matthew Stafford was third in pass attempts inside the 20. He was third in pass attempts inside the 10-yard line, 22 of his touchdowns last year came from inside the 10 pretty, pretty much all of those to Cooper Cup. So congratulations to Cooper Cup. It doesn't strike
0: me uh, as particularly sustainable actually. And that might have been because they didn't they didn't trust Daryl Henderson near the goal line. Sonny Michelle is just not very good. And boy do they right. like Cam makers? <laughs> I
1: yeah I mean know. right and and they in the playoffs they shifted uh and actually late in the season they shifted to kind of a, an absurdly run heavy approach, especially on early downs. We've talked, we talked about at the time, maybe it was because McVeigh was just so thoroughly spooked by Stafford's pick sixes and disastrous uh, decision-making late in games. But I don't, I don't think that that will keep up. And, and I think, I think possibly it had to do with Stafford's health. You know, he had a, 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 a lingering yeah. back issue. He had an arm issue that still has him sidelined right now at OTAs and, probably will have him sidelined until uh, until July or August. And we have to watch that, but you know, H- H- Alan Robinson could kind of just fall into a bunch of really hot, uh, very valuable targets in that LA uh, offense.
0: So this will be an ADP. I really watched this summer because we hadn't talked a ton about Allen Robinson yet this spring, but I know he's going to become like a hotly debated player. As yeah. like kind of people like come back to redraft life this summer and He's the wide receiver 25 right now in underdog. You know, the best ball crazies are really in Allen Robinson. <laughs> He's a more subdued wide receiver 34 on fan tracks, yeah. which I mean, a lot of you have probably never used fan tracks. I use it for baseball. But what do you think is more, what sounds better to you for Allen Robinson? Wide receiver 25 or wide receiver 34?
1: I wouldn't be gung-ho on taking him at, at wide receiver 25. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't smash the the draft button. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I might lightly click the draft button, at wide receiver twenty five, and then chew my fingernails off. But wide, wide receiver thirty four sounds better to me, and I think that that will that better reflects, you know, how he will be valued in. We're gonna call them normie leagues. You know, people who, you know, draft fantasy uh, teams once a year and like, you know, pay attention. Ooh, don't but-
0: on their phone, doing a, a slow draft on Memorial Day, basically.
1: Right, and they don't. They don't have forty-four best ball drafts going on at the same time. Why don't you? So, why
0: just at Pat Kane and Kyle Dvorak next time, Denny?
1: Oh. My my coworkers uh, are are sick. They they need they need help. And we uh, try
0: to have an intervention with them, and they just ask why don't we like money? <laughs>
1: but, but they they ask me if I like being poor. Yeah. And, and I thought I thought, I thought I was a little below the belt, but fair, fair. But yeah, I think I think I think we'll see Robinson's ADP settle right around the wide receiver 30 area. I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like the this guy catches five passes for 80 yards and a touchdown every other game type territory. And I I wouldn't be shocked if he finished in the top 24. But I will not be drafting him aside. I'll just probably be making more upside bets. And Alan Robinson strikes me as someone who probably like a very high floor in 2022, but like the maybe the ceiling spiked week games. Yeah, uh, that were there early in his career really won't be there.
1: But yeah, well, because Van Jefferson will is still on the team, nah, you know, yeah, like, at, at, at last check. And nah. Van Jefferson is still a, a really good, really fast, somewhat productive downfield threat who I think I think he, he'll be the guy with those spiked weeks. And, and Robinson at 29 is probably not going to be able to do that like he was with, you know, Blake Bortles at 24, 25 years old.
0: I mean, no one's as good as they were with
1: Blake Bortles. Man, that, that was
0: a that was a crazy season. It man. was. By the way, I mean, Tutu Atwell, am I right, folks? Other Rams receivers, man, it, man. Zoomers won't remember Tutu Atwell. Twenty twenty one draft pick, Tutu Atwell. All right,
1: five foot um, two, unbelievable.
0: oh man, come
1: on, man. Is that, is that, <laughs> <laughs> was
0: that too much? That was too much. Uh, Doug Peterson has assured reporters that Travis Etienne will be full go for the remainder of the Jaguars' offseason program. As he completes his recovery from a Lis Frank injury, Denny, we know Etienne was set to be tight cast as a third down specialist under Ohio State quarter zip wearer Urban Meyer, <laughs> but how do we think he will fare in this new offense after losing his entire rookie year to
1: injury? Yeah. Well, you know James Robinson is coming back from a uh, an Achilles injury. They don't really have anybody else on that. Um, they got a guy back-
0: named Snoop now, Snoop Connor. And That's we have to adjust. Realistic. We
1: have to adjust for that. We do um, have to adjust
0: for that pretty hard.
1: But yeah, I mean Etienne uh strikes me as like a potential workhorse if you combine what he'll see as a as a ball carrier and potentially in the in the passing game, where he fits very naturally. A, a, a guy who, who gets so many carries that his ADP is not reflecting that at all right now. I think it will. I think eventually. You know, the gig will be up in training camp or in the preseason and people will say, oh, wow, like this is I forgot. I forgot about this guy. I was really excited about him last summer. Maybe you even drafted him. And, you know, he he had a a season ending injury in the in the preseason. But, you know, looking back at his 2020 numbers at Clemson, uh, 49 catches for five hundred and eighty eight yards and two touchdowns. Uh, The year before, he had thirty seven catches for four thirty two and four touchdowns it it would it would really fit he would really fit as a as like a a guy who commands a lot of short targets from Trevor Lawrence and I, and i would think that the jaguars would want trevor lawrence to take those safe throws and encourage him to say you know let's 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 get the offense going a little bit rather than you know, really flinging it downfield to whoever, Marvin Jones or, or Christian Kirk. I would think that they would be conservative with Trevor Lawrence after his struggles last year.
0: So, your Travis Etienne, though, tone kind of concerns me off the bat because you're already talking about him as like a third down guy. And there's like the, so that's kind of why I don't love about Travis Etienne, where even though it was Urban Meyer, I don't love that the NFL's first impression of Travis Etienne was, well, he's a third down guy. Yeah. Like, we're only making him a change of pace back. And, it, but Travis, I mean, so, like, listen, so, I just feel, I hope he's not getting into the Duke-Johnson zone because I think he should be more. I mean, this these numbers, like, really don't count because uh, it was not, like, one of the most loaded offenses of all time. But Travis Etienne in 2018 had 204 carries for 1,658 yards and 24 touchdowns. He averaged 8.1 yards per carry. Like, this is in the ACC, you know, this isn't, yeah. like, in the MAC or something. Uh-huh. So, I mean, he has had – he was, was like, as good the following year. He averaged over seven yards per carry each of his first three college seasons. again, he was surrounded by, like, a biblical amount of talent. (laughs) But I just – so I wish – I just hope we haven't already seen the book closed on Travis Etienne, like, being a potential three-down back. I I kind of fear that maybe we have where, like, James Robinson's coming back. They draft Snoop Connors as, like, a pure early-down grinder. He is, like, a fifth-rounder. So he could just be like a hedge, but I just hope the Jags like think bigger than Travis Etienne, like only catching passes.
1: If if you like production, you probably like Travis Etienne. Uh, You mentioned his rushing numbers. He had back to back 1600 yard rushing seasons at Clemson. And in those seasons had 43 rushing touchdowns, 43. Yeah. So Um. lots of production. Um, assuming that everything's okay with the injury, with the recovery, and this happened in August last year, we were actually, I think we were together when it happened at a, we were. a, at a bar <laughs> at a bar in Canton and we looked up and we said, Oh my God. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm all about, especially if, you know, if you're building a team where, you know, you're, you're flirting with the RB dead zone. He strikes me as uh, pretty irresistible in the dead zone.
0: Danny, you're not supposed to mention that fantasy writers have beer. By the way, I know well,
1: mine was at non alcoholic as per usual.
0: Was it? It was a Shirley Temple, I believe it was um, with water. And, um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> uh, he's the RB21 right now on underdog. So, like, no discount really in best ball land.
1: Oh, yeah, no, of course not. He'll be
0: treated uh, with much more with kid gloves, I'm assuming, and redraft leagues. But do you I mean do you consider him a, a top 24 running back, Travis? At the end,
1: oh, yeah, for sure.
0: I do too. And he's another guy where. Uh, and the discussion has been building on Travis Etienne, especially in the best ball circles. He's another guy where I feel like the tweets will become like almost relentless as we yeah. get closer to training camp where people are kind of like, Hey, remember this guy? Like I just started uh, reading about fantasy again three weeks ago. And remember Travis Etienne folks? anybody else following this? You guys, you guys <laughs> heard about this?
1: Uh, we, you have, you just got your, your uh, daily Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, I, re- I heard Pat Crane. Our, our our in-house dynasty expert, say that uh, Etienne was a better prospect than Najee Harris.
0: Oh, I mean, I actually was kind of, I was a little on board with that. I loved Etienne coming out because I loved how he was just, could just like do everything. Yeah. No and man. then Urban Meyer was like, oh, he's going to do this one thing. Yeah. He's going to catch it, passes.
1: I do feel like you might be putting a little too much stock in what Urban Meyer said about a guy who he had never heard of before drafting. Mean, that's a fair
0: point. Uh, <laughs> fair point. Yeah. <laughs> Mary man who who the hell is this guy
1: May- uh. They showed him a YouTube clip of Etienne catching one pass, and he said, "Oh, he's a receiving back. I got you."
0: I think he was openly weeping about not getting Hedarius Tony when they drafted Travis Etienne too. where that was one of the most underrated moments of Urban Meyer's yeah. tenure. Where he just openly talked about how they wanted Kadarius <laughs> Tony more. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I felt like it was a little bit of like a a, a feet stomping moment when they took Etienne. Well,
0: exactly. That's a really. It did. It felt like kind of like, yeah, like a like a front office tantrum.
1: Yeah, like we didn't get our guys, so we're getting the second best thing. And yeah, we, we didn't and get this
0: receiver, so we're taking this running back and going to use him like a receiver.
1: And and, and we're we're going to insult him by saying, well, we took him because the other guy, who no one had ranked ahead of Etienne, was we thought was better.
0: And then he assaulted a kicker.
1: He did. He kicked. He kicked a kicker allegedly.
0: Allegedly should say for legal reasons. Yes.
1: Uh, Denny, the Akron Beacon
0: Journal's Nate Ulrich expects the Browns to, quote, spread the offense out with more three receiver sets and implement run pass options with Deshaun Watson replacing Baker Mayfield, a quarterback. With the caveat that we have no idea how many games Watson might play in right. 2022 as a suspension looms. How do you think an offense with Amari Cooper as its number one weapon and like maybe David Njoku as its number two weapon? Uh, how how the heck is this going to work? How is this going to look this season? How are things going to be different for the Browns? A,
1: a, a more open, aggressive Cleveland offense, and you know Kevin Kevin Stefanski I think is a is a is a very smart, intuitive coach who will do what it takes to win. And if if that if that requires him, or 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 if new personnel like Watson allows him to open things up and operate more like an elite offense. Then I think he'll do that. Like I don't think that he's married to this system where you know, like the Browns last year had m- ran more three tight end sets than anybody else in the league by a wide margin. Okay, and you know that's I'm talking a about bit, down bad. That's a little. Pre- that's a little bit prehistoric. Yeah, you know, like um, we got to get we, Harrison
0: Bryant reps. Got to get him out there. Got to get him on the field.
1: We don't. We don't. We don't love that for fantasy, and and, and I, I I think that that a, a more spread out system. More predicated on the pass, a will obviously impact the running backs quite a bit. And you won't you won't get these games where the Browns are handing it off to uh, Nick Chubb on second and fourteen, uh, down seven in the fourth quarter. You know, but um, that actually happened by the way against Green Bay last year, <laughs> and, and he gained like thirty yards. So I should just be quiet. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're it not sounds gonna like speak.
0: someone needs more testosterone. Today.
1: Yeah, and we're. We're looking into pills and, <laughs> but you know, look at Njoku, obviously Cooper, but don't forget uh, uh, Bell, the rookie, David Bell Stefanski per reports, told, another
0: Nate Ulrich report. I was going to share this.
1: What did he say? Denny? he? He told the, he said, Oh shoot. Now I can't remember. It was David Bell or bust or something. What it, it was
0: David Bell. No matter what, no matter
1: what, no That's matter right. what, you know, he, 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 uh, he, hit the table what do you call it he pounded pound the table he pounded the table i'm sorry english normally there was like pounding the table
0: for like a three technique tackle or something or like like the long snapper who's 26 years old right but so that's the thing like uh this browns offense is just so weird and there's no way it's going to be like as prehistoric like you said as it was under baker mayfield who just was revealed to be a very very limited player but this the supporting cast is so so limited and like i think we've there's a pretty like a uh, big data set on amari cooper at this point where he's kind of like miscast as a number one weapon like yeah. he's definitely good enough to, like where he can be your number one like if you don't have better options like he's still like a very above average nfl player but he just doesn't seem like an ideal number one and i just don't know i mean i know they love david bell who could be like a Jarvis Landry type, but he want, he might not be ready for that as a rookie. I mean, He's a third round rookie, and we've talked several times this spring about how just because like dots connect, for, like like this rookie has to get targets. Like often they don't have to get the targets, and they just like find some Tajay Sharp or something, yeah, and target him a bunch. And I just don't and like too like especially if there's like 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 it's like disjointed and like Deshaun Watson does miss a bunch of time like a a new, like so many new parts coming together at once. Like I, it could be one of those years where like the Browns never really settle like their targets pecking order. And I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Browns offense was like kind of disappointing this year ahead of maybe like hitting the ground running in 2023.
1: Yeah. I feel like uh, on, on all these topics, I'm taking the, the, the bull case and and you're, and you're arguing the bear case, but I, I, I could see. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm not arguing this. I mean, like as like a pure devil's advocate role where I don't necessarily disagree, but I could see with all these things, how they could kind of go haywire.
1: A, a long suspension for Watson really makes every Browns player. Interesting for ADP purposes. Like,
0: well, D- like, Danny, do you know who, who is the Browns backup right now? I, you know. Oh, I
1: know it's Jacoby Brissett. I
0: had actually forgotten who they had swapped out case Keenum for. When I saw Jacoby Brissett, I was like, oh, my
1: God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or I mean, it's still not impossible that Baker Mayfield doesn't just step in and play. Oh, oh, man. That's a good
0: point. I mean, at this point, like, why not? Um, if you think he's going to get suspended, too. And, like, it wouldn't, even if Baker Mayfield's, like, mad and, like, over the program, it wouldn't serve his interests to, like, no. to like, be bad.
1: No, no, he he has to show up to all this offseason stuff as, as horrible and awkward as it as it might be like in order to get paid. And he has a lot on the line. He has to continue being a Brown. So, I, you know, it's uh, unless he's traded, obviously. But yeah, he he could end up under center for like many games this year for Cleveland. And that's that. Oh, God, I, I'm, I'm cringing etern- internally just thinking about it.
0: When you said he has to remain a Brown, I just pictured like a circuit court judge, like really theatrically <laughs> banging a gavel right. and saying, you must remain a Cleveland Brown and Baker Mayfield, just like breaking down and yeah. weeping in the court, finally letting the facade crack. Yeah. His, and he shows us how broken he really is. His,
1: his, his, his attorney throwing papers across the room and storming out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the same attorneys who cannot find a reason for us to fire you. Um, they can't get Cle- they can't get Baker Mayfield out of his Browns contract and they can't get Denny Carter out of NBC.
1: We have the best legal system in the world as all
0: <laughs> real, real quick on the Browns. Who would you, I mean, I, it's so context dependent, what kind of, what kind of scoring format it is, uh, what your team needs are In a vacuum, who would you rather roster in 2022? Like the potential slot guy and David Bell? Are kind of like the the seam stretcher, the downfield role player, Donovan Peoples Jones.
1: That's a good question. You know, I I feel like Peoples Jones, his his role in that offense is so inherently volatile that at that point in the draft, I'm not sure I'm looking for that. You know, I I I feel like Bell would be a more uh, appealing option as a guy who could. You know, take on that like Jarvis Landry thing, and just like soak up a bunch of short targets. Even if he doesn't do much with them, I I I think that that it would be Bell for me.
0: I'll devil's advocate you yet again, okay? And just say like maybe I'll take like the 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 Marquez Valdez Scantling potential baby, ma- baby baby. The, the Marcus, I have no idea what I was trying to say. The Marcus Marquez the Scantling potential uh, with Donovan Peoples Jones is a guy who. Could quite possibly get you a zero, but then like if he catches two passes, like that could be enough to like flip your matchup. Sure. one of them's like a sixty-eight yard touchdown, over like maybe like poor man's Russell Gage type production from David Bell's. But David Bell, it'll be steadier. I just don't have this kind of production that like ever really like flip a matchup.
1: No, I don't think. No, you're, you're right. You about might
0: that. not need that. You might just need someone to go out there and warm body five yeah. inches for forty-three yards.
1: Yeah. Right. Um. Uh. You know, I, I'll, I'm just thinking. Through, uh, if you know if Watson plays this year, which I think is is under some, you know, sh- should be questioned a little bit. Anyway, Watson is a, an excellent uh, downfield thrower, and and has been his whole career. So, Peoples Jones would seem to be the guy who would absorb most of those targets. Amari Cooper certainly is not taking that role.
0: Yeah, his fortunes could really be changing. DPJ, Um, whereas Baker Mayfield was highly unsuccessful. On yeah, those kind of routes. It's really, really, we're, tra- we're talking really unsuccessful
1: Who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because
0: <laughs> I the charcoal mask? Great. Because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh. Why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello. Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited
1: 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at Wellsfargo.com slash ActiveCash.
0: Just a reminder: if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, Bet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs on the PGA Tour and NASCAR circuit. So, please go download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by Points Bet. Denny, Twitter is a flutter with Patriots news this week. Mac Jones has discovered salad, and <laughs> Bill Belichick has discovered that he is tired of using shell companies to funnel his offense through to the quarterbacks, and he might just start calling the plays himself. We'll start with Bill Belichick. Like, is is this like down bad? Is this mad genius? Is this just like a totally pointless May talking point And this has no chance of happening. This kind of what do you make of like this weird Bill Belichick? I have some thoughts on it, but I want to start with your thoughts.
1: Well, I, as early as February, reports, you know, coming out of Patriots camp were that Matt Patricia and Joe Judge will combine to coach the Ooh. Patriots offense, it's, it's hard. It's hard to really emphasize how weird that is. Considering Joe judge has no experience there and presided over the worst offense in recent recent, recent memory, I should say last year. And well, last two years really in, in New York and then Matt, Patricia, a hard nosed old school pencil in the ear, defensive coach saying, Yes, I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be doing the offense this year. You know, I. It. It never really made any sense. So, I mean, I would think that Belichick has to get involved at some point. He. He can't bring any. Bring in anyone at this point. It's too late. That is the thing. Where right? I
0: was just thinking. It's like when I threw the question to you in my head. I really was like, this. Is just, this is just too weird. There's no way this will happen. And then when you were talking, I'm like. Well yeah, it is June. And like you don't you don't just hire like a yep. play caller in June. And it's they're not he's not gonna have Matt Patricia. Maybe he will have Matt Patricia or Joe Judge call the plays, but like I think for all intents and which I mean, is insane. I didn't mean to like say that like it was a normal thing. I like talked about that. That was just like a totally normal thing. <laughs> that like doesn't need to be acknowledged. I mean, obviously totally insane. Yeah. But I, I think at this point, I mean Bill Belichick's definitely gonna be the de facto like offensive coordinator. And like my thoughts on that are that he's probably always kind of been, I like this is kind of like maybe a Patriots hater thing, but like I always find like r- ridiculous like how much credit Josh McDaniels got for, like the Patriots offense and Patriots success. I mean, do we really think Josh McDaniels is like the mastermind? Like you know, we left like they were totally fine. You know, they go like fourteen and two. They had a couple five hundred point seasons with Bill O'Brien. It's not like Josh McDaniels is out there like making tom brady's career like it it has always been bill belichick i'm sure like setting the general principles like getting the thing on track but it is i do question so i actually really trust bill belichick when it comes to like the broad strokes of like running the patriots offense but like when it comes to like the minutiae like he can't call the plays himself and then even if he's doing the broad strokes can he, delegating this to matt patricia or joe judge just seems Totally, totally insane. And I don't know what to think. It's, and it's just very weird.
1: It's wild to me that Judge, that the Patriots would be so eager and ready to embrace Joe Judge. Like, and maybe
0: it's just, I don't know why I cut you off there, but maybe it's just like truly like Bill Belichick wants someone who's like pliant and like not even trying to say this is a joke, uh but like he's going to implement like all the broad concepts and principles. And then on Sundays, basically, like, like Joe Judge, Matt is going to, like, understand what needs to be called. And, like, if it's not, Bill Belichick's going to get in their ear. Maybe he just wants, like, a pliant figure.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, from a philosophical standpoint, there's only one guy setting the agenda there. Like, yeah, 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 that, that's that's very clear. And that I agree with what you're saying about, like, Josh McDaniels didn't come up with the philosophy. And the philosophy stuck even when he left briefly and, and before he came back. And, and everything was fine. And the Patriots offense operated pretty much the same way and it was productive and they won a lot. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that, but, uh, but you know, there, there was a report last week. Uh, we had a blurb on it, uh, a high level of concern among the Patriots uh, people uh, was a Patri- Patriots players that who the hell's co- or uh, who the hell's coaching us.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, this is another thing. Like, this like puts a lot of pressure on Mac Jones and like, like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes at this point, even Josh Allen at this point. Like, if they really needed to, they could probably like essentially like, coordinate the offense. I mean, for lack of a better word, like, yeah, they oh, would yeah. become yeah. like you wouldn't. This might like, be you would be fine if for like a Sunday, Josh Josh Allen basically had to like call the plays himself. Like, Mac Jones, I mean, I feel like that's kind of a, a position they're putting Mac Jones in, like, well, Mac, I hope. Buddy, you got a feel for the NFL after one year. Yeah, and it just—it does seem Bill Belichick is getting—he's getting more and more. It's kind of—I kind of like it that he's like getting crazier as he gets closer to the end. Yeah. Like you know, after like he's really coping very hard in year three of losing Tom Brady. But I I think even Bill Belichick could be getting near like an implosion point where like this is just not a good plan. Yeah. Could.
1: Cost I think it's I think it's more likely than not that the Patriots completely implode this the, this year uh, I I don't care how good their defense or special teams are I think that offense is going to be down bad like, unlike unlike anything we've seen from them you know in history
0: even a cr- cr- complete Patriots implosion though is still gonna be like seven and ten or eight and nine yeah, like, yeah they, no. can't, they can't compete with the good teams. And then they still just win forty-five to nothing. You know, yeah,
1: I mean they'll, they'll still beat the Jets twice. Yeah. You know uh, <laughs> they, they'll 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 beat up on all the terrible teams. They'll that, beat yeah. the Chargers
0: like thirty-eight to seven for some reason.
1: Yeah, you know? right. And 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 they'll only pass six times yeah. in that game. So yeah, I I, th- I agree. With, an implosion would be, would be seven wins, but yeah. it, it really that would be, you know, quite the quite the thing. A Bill Belichick team not even coming close to the postseason.
0: Yeah, like a third straight year of not being that competitive, even though they made the playoffs last year. Um, so, I mean, I I love – basically, I just love chaos and, like, love crazy storylines. So, to me, there would be no, no better outcome than Bill Belichick, like, calling plays for some reason. Um, yeah, right. Like, and wouldn't it be – would it be hilarious or infuriating – if he were like just the league's best offensive coordinator,
1: oh, it'd be infuriating. I would be, I'd be beside myself with anger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it would probably just be infuriating, wouldn't it? Denny, stop me if you've heard this one before, but I mean, not to make fun of a guy being hurt. I don't know why I had this line, but Rashad Penny has a supposedly minor hamstring injury. Yeah. However, minor, effort. it is a reminder of why the Seahawks never seemed to seriously consider entering the season of Penny as their lead back, despite his revelatory play down the stretch last year, Denny. What do we actually expect touch delineation to be between Penny and second-round rookie Kenneth Walker? And does this just underscore, like, why we should not trust Rashad Penny at all, no matter the draft format?
1: I've I've read an obscene number of reports on Kenneth Walker, who likes to be referred to as Ken, by the way.
0: W- hold on, what?
1: Yeah, yeah. A
0: 22-year-old was- man wants to be called Ken?
1: He wants to be called Ken. So, uh, you know, but whatever. Adjust. We'll call him Ken.
0: adjust. You need to yeah. adjust.
1: No, the ranks need to be adjusted. But uh, I, I, I've read uh, beat, beat writers talking about why they took him, what they plan to do with Walker, how he fits into the offense, the philosophy, this, the, all this stuff, right? And everything I've read, I can distill into this. They don't trust Rashad Penny because of the health issues, years-long health issues. They don't think Chris Carson's going to be back. And that means that Kenneth Walker, Ken, some are saying, would be, would be in line for, like a load of carries. I don't want to say three hundred carries, but I'm also not, say, I'm not not saying <laughs> three hundred carries for Ken Walker.
0: Oh, well, it's not just the injury situation, like you laid out. It's just like the overall personnel situation. It's also like Pete Carroll, like winning the war with Russell Wilson's situation. I mean, he's like a pig and bleep here, basically. <laughs> yeah, where yeah. like he finally. Like, finally we got russell wilson out of here and a guy you know who cares about scoring points or playing modern offense or being watchable (laughs) like all these things that russell wilson cared about that he no longer has to care about because it's either geno smith or drew lock or even if it's like baker mayfield or jimmy garoppolo it's still going to be horrible um like it's going to be run based no matter what and like chris carson basically he's basically like a tax write-off at this point like he He just can't really be trusted to play or stay healthy. And the one thing I do think is weird. So Rashad Penny, even though Rashad Penny's market, like never developed, he did get real money still from the Seahawks, like five or six million. He's going to be a part of the offense. And like, if you're making a committee, like divvying up touches between Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny, it's kind of awkward because like neither one of them, like a plus on third down. So it's not as easy as to be like, oh, this guy's the early known back. This guy's the change of pace back. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to be like a weird, like frustrating Packers type situation where like we can't really divine what the, like the touch delineation is. This is whatever the coaches happen to decide that drive, and that is a. It's like Rashad Penny's gonna be involved no matter because the money says he's gonna be involved. And, you know, he was so good last year, and I just feel like it's gonna be a really frustrating situation where we can't really get a grip on like what the true nature of the committee is.
1: Unless Penny struggles with injuries. And then, and then I think it's just all Walker. I, you know, here's here's the thing this is kind of an aside, but the Walker pick was obviously uh, panned almost universally.
0: That's just so unusual for a Seahawks first or second round pick, too. And,
1: and, but here's what's going to happen Walker is going to get like the workhorse role, he's going to be productive, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. And Seahawks Twitter will say, where are you now? Where's your criticism now? We won three games and Ken Walker ran for twelve hundred yards. What do you want? Like, like they we made the right call, and there will be there will be no pushback, no pushing back against that because Ken Walker will will have done fine with a big workload on a run heavy team.
0: We should say it'll only be a certain segment of Seahawks Twitter, which is basically a perpetual state of civil war. It's like England in like the seventeenth century. I can't remember when the English Civil War was. But like they got themselves like a Cromwell out there. They got them like they're just in a state of constant civil war.
1: Yeah. Seahawks Twitter. Yes, it's true.
0: Um, where some like Pete and most, not most, a lot really,
1: really dislike Pete. I, I can't believe he's still around. I can't yeah, it believe. is. He Boy,
0: he, credit to Pete. He he can win a power struggle. Phew. Um, he can Man. win a power struggle. Um, Denny, you informed me. That I have been fired for this, but I told you that I wanted to talk about Sammy Watkins for some unknown reason. Yeah. He is the wide receiver 75 right now, an underdog. He's a complete afterthought and in initial summer fantasy conversations. You know, even Amari Rogers is getting some like best shape of his life tweets lately. Mm-hmm. Like so Amari Rogers is getting attention, but nothing for Sammy Watkins. Are we overlooking Sammy in this target's desperate offense or as there is there just no reason to consider someone who is already bombed with Patrick Mahomes?
1: It's it's really hard to get even moderately excited about about Watkins. Like the, the like his struggles to stay on the field are really like they're pronounced, un- like unbelievable at this point. It's just been years and years and years of. Soft tissue injuries, you know, hamstring, calf, this, that. And he misses – he doesn't miss one game. He misses four games, five games. He's never available. I just have a lot of trouble seeing a guy of his age at this point in his career suddenly being okay and, like, available enough. Now, if he is available, sure, I could see him carving out some sort of role in uh, in the Packers offense. But I do think, as I stated on the show I think last week, I do think the Packers will be uh, uh, kind of curiously, not curiously, but uh, more run-heavy than we thought than than we thought they would be without Devontae Adams. I think that you know they're they're going to do what it what it takes to win without Adams, who is just a huge loss. Like like you know, way I think losing Adams for the Packers is way more impactful than Tyreek Hill leaving Kansas City. And they're going to have to reconfigure the whole thing to figure out how to score points. But getting back to your question, Watkins, eh, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've been laying the groundwork yet to be more run heavy for several years. And to your point on Sammy Watkins' health, he's appeared in more than 14 games zero times since 2017. Wow. And the only time he's appeared in more than 14 games since his rookie year was in 2017, where he appeared in 15. He still missed a game that year with the rams and how many how many off the top of your head Do you know how many thousand yard seasons sammy Watkins has had in his career one yeah one um he he, hit, he had 982 as a rookie so he almost made it two but i just think yeah sammy Watkins. So like every once in a while there will be like one of these situations like a veteran receiver just like totally like pulls himself up, up off the scrap heap like a guy who's always talented but like and So there's always a guy like Sammy Watkins a guy who like is talented but couldn't stay healthy the Packers have such an acute need but yeah I there's just no reason to give him any health benefit of the doubt man.
1: i I think that we could be in a situation this year where only one Packers receiver will be fantasy viable week to week
0: and hopefully it's not Alan Lazard who is secretly a tight end um, so
1: yeah. Right. And, and what does that mean for Tanya? There are a lot of questions to be answered. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can see, see something, hear something, uh, in the summer.
0: If you see, if you hear something, if you see something, say something, you, yeah, please tell us, yes, you know, text us or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, DM yeah. Text us, DM us. The DMs are open for both of us. I know. Um, so yeah, if you see something, say something. Danny will end the show with Mr. Zach Kruger yeah. as an article over at NBC powered by Roto world on how rushing quarterbacks influence running back production. Instead of having Zach on to talk about this article, I'm just going to ask you about it. And uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Zach. What what are are your thoughts on
1: Zach's article? I'm Zach's mouthpiece. I'm his paid spokesman. And I will say (laughs) that he put in a a ton of work to show how rushing quarterbacks, how mobile quarterbacks, you know, uh, treat their, their running backs, like what, how it affects they're running back. So he, he breaks down like what percentage of rushing attempts these rushing quarterbacks take up. You have guys like Jalen Hurts, 25%. Lamar Jackson last year, almost 26%. Josh Allen, twenty almost 27% of the Bills rushing attempts. That has a, an outsized impact on whoever is lining up beside them in the backfield. Also, if you look through the article, you'll find how it affects targets to running backs. we talked many times about the fact that These mobile quarterbacks are okay with just taking off and gaining three or four yards for first down instead of checking it down to a running back. It makes unamerican. It makes it makes intuitive sense, and and so I guess the the connecting A to B. So when we hear in the summer, especially training camp, about Devin Singletary or J.K. Dobbins or uh, Miles Sanders having the passing down role, lots of lots of uh, opportunity for them. They'll be running a lot of routes. It means something, but it doesn't mean a ton. You know, it, it, it doesn't mean as much as, as we might think because the opportunities will be, we know this for a fact, will be more limited than if they were in the backfield with a Tom Brady, with a Matt Ryan, with a Carson Wentz, with guys, well, I mean, Wentz is not the greatest example, but you know what I mean, you know, guys who who will check down. So we have to keep that in mind. So like, all, we, we know it's coming. J.K. Dobbins, going to catch a lot of passes. He's not, no, he's not. Sorry, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I
0: think mean, you may have just accidentally written Carson Wentz's epitaph. By the way, just Carson Wentz's headstone, and it just says "Not the greatest example." I mean, it doesn't really matter, like what the what the area is. It just probably wasn't the greatest example in that area. I mean, no uh, offense, to Car- I mean, uh, offense to Carson, me a little offense to Carson. But guess.
1: yeah, listen, check it out. Check out the the article by Zach Krueger, and uh, follow him on. Uh, Twitter and I don't have his Twitter handle, Pat. Why don't I have his um, Twitter? Wait. It's like it's it's got to, it's
0: like at zk. It's at zk underscore ffb, and it is really good stuff from yes. Mr. Zach. Yes. Like I said, the, the article is really full of like interesting data, and this is a really interesting article. Frankly, an article I'm surprised you didn't write. This is the kind of thing you're always like this DMing me about. Hey, I got an article coming up. Right running quarterbacks and how it affects the backfield.
1: I yeah, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little jealous. And uh, I'm going to have to talk to Zach about that.
0: The really interesting uh, article from Mr. At ZK underscore FFB Zach Krueger. Hopefully this was a really interesting show,
1: Denny. Uh, was it? We made it as interesting as we could for for May. Come on.
0: We actually did. I think uh, we got to give ourselves some plaudits, some yes. uh, t- pats on the back. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Please check out the site. We're in the middle of draft guide season, getting close to that. Hopefully, uh, Danny, you're hitting your deadlines, by the way.
1: I'm crushing the um, deadlines, in fact.
0: Yeah, I'm actually not. Um, so I got to You're gotta, fired.
1: That's you know, not- I
0: know I've already been fired for bringing up Sammy Watkins. So it's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll spend years litigating whether or not I needed to get all my stuff in by the deadline.
1: I do think it's a little guys. overkill that you want Sammy Watkins on the cover of the magazine.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. We don't have a shot of him in a Packers jersey yet. That's why that died. Yeah. So I was ready to go to court. You're talking about something I was ready to go to court for. for It was a little,
1: it was a little much. And I I still stick by Ronald Jones on the cover, but I guess that Chief
0: Justice John Roberts issuing a 5 4 opinion (laughs) uh, years down the line about how, why it was the right decision. And a very divided and split court has decided Sammy Watkins did, in fact, need to be on the cover of our magazine. So for Denny, I am Pat. Thank you so much for listening. Please go check out the website. Tons of great stuff. Thank you for listening. Matt Straub will be back later in the week. We'll catch you later. At Founders Brewing Company, we set out to create a beer that lets you embrace the unconventional. Mortal Bloom is a radiantly beautiful, hazy IPA that will wrap your taste buds with intense citrus and tropical notes of pineapple and mango. Coming in at 6.2% ABV with big aromatics and no bitterness, it's the perfect beer, if we do say so ourselves. Visit foundersbrewing.com to find Mortal Bloom Hazy IPA.